What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelly Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry, because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have a special guest today. Her name is Hope Davis, and I'm so excited. We met on Instagram, just kind of through the whole Lamb Fam community, life after miscarriage, and you guys, she has a really rare reason for her loss. So I'm really excited for her to share because I just know that it's going to reach somebody out there who is maybe going through the exact same thing and feeling very lonely and her story could be so powerful. So thank you so much, Hope, for jumping on and being that advocate. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So if you just want to start with the beginning of your story and that's wherever you feel like everything kind of starts off okay um well like just for my whole life I've known that I wanted to be a mom um I babysat like all of my friends or my parents friends kids and I babysat through junior high high school college I've just always wanted to be around babies and known that I wanted to be a mom um so my husband and I have been together for about three and a half years now And we just got married in September and, um, we decided that we wanted to start trying, like sort of start trying right before the wedding. So, um, August was our first month of trying. We got married in September and we found out we were pregnant in October. Um, and we found out and I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed the like reassurance of getting my HCG tested. And actually, I should start over a little bit and add that we had just moved across the state of Colorado in June. So we moved to southern Colorado away from like everyone that we know. Um, We bought a house. We started new jobs. And I didn't have like any healthcare providers down here. So as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I went to an OB that had been recommended to me. And with her was to get my HCG drawn and to follow up on it. And um, my HCG came back at an eight. So I was like nervous because it was so low, but I also hadn't missed my period yet. Um, and I went in to meet with her and she was like, she was like, so um, I hear that you're wanting to be pregnant or wanting a baby or something like that, that was like really not reassuring. And I was like, well, yeah, cause I am pregnant. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I am. So I'm going to get my baby. And she was like, well, like pregnancies are just so iffy this early on. So like, I hope that you do get a baby. And I was like, well, oh, that goodness. was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, that was the most disappointing first appointment. Like I left feeling so nervous and, um, I went back two days later to have my HCG drawn again. And it came back at like a 38. So I was like, okay, like, great. We're like more than doubling. Like, of course that's still low, but to me it was like, it's headed the right direction. So all is good. And did you go to Google right away with your numbers? 
Oh, I mean, I'm always anyway <laughs> for like everything. But yeah, I was on there for sure. And that's I did why too. I was worried when it wasn't. Yeah, me. I did too. Because yeah. mine were, my numbers were always really low. Yeah. Like nine. Like, yeah, it was like, gosh. But then you read like the, it doesn't matter how low. It just matters, you know, if they're doubling. So. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was like, okay, we're at 38 now. Like, perfect. Like, it went up like crazy. You know, in yeah. my mind, I'm like, it's still low, but at least it went up. Yeah. Um. So I got that one back. And then I was kind of just like, okay, like, we're on the right track now. And she didn't want to do any more tests because why would we? It's my first pregnancy. And. Um, so we told my mom actually came to town at the end of that week. So we told her then, and then that night we like called my dad and we called my husband's parents and we called my grandma and my aunt and uncle and like just told everyone. And like, I'm a nurse. I know that miscarriages happen. So I, um, we told everyone like, we're telling you, but please don't tell anyone else. Like, we just want the family to know until we're further along. Cause kind of who knows what's going to happen. Um, and I don't know, I almost think that like, I knew what was going to happen, like without really knowing it. Cause like that weekend while my mom was here, I remember just going out onto the porch with my husband and just sobbing. And I was just like, I don't want to lose this baby. And he was like, why would you think we're going to like, I did the same thing. Really? Yeah. With my first pregnancy, I kept being like, is this normal? I don't know if this is normal. Like, like, yeah. yeah, And I was like, well, what if, what if I'm like losing it? And I remember like talking to my sister about it and she's never experienced miscarriages and she has two kids and she was like, you're not going to like stop. And I'm like, yeah, it was weird. Now that I think back that I even had that worry without really have, you know, without going through it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I know my mom was like, you're fine. Like you're not, everything's fine. You're pregnant right now. That's what matters. And that's what my husband was saying too. But I don't know. I just think I knew mm-hmm. kind of like deep down. Um, so at the end of the month, it was like two weeks after we had found out, which somehow felt like a lifetime of being pregnant, <laughs> just those two weeks. But, uh-huh. um, we, I, my husband was out for work. He was gone for work. It was a Sunday and I was at home and I went to the bathroom and there was bright red blood in the toilet and just like a few drops, but I just freaked out. Um, and I called my mom and she's like, you need to go to the hospital like right now. And so I called my husband and was like, I'm on my way to the hospital. You need to meet me there. And we don't, like I said, I didn't have any healthcare really system like set up down here. Um, but I have heard like horror stories of our hospital. We live in a really tiny town. And I've just heard so many bad stories. And so I was just like nervous to go there, but also it's 10 minutes from my house. And the next one, the the next hospital is like an hour away in the next town over. So it's kind of my only option. So I went into the hospital and they had no idea like what to do. I mean, and there isn't anything you can do, I guess, with an early miscarriage really. Yeah. Um, So they tested my HCG, um, I kind of think that's actually all they did while I was in there. You know, they tested my HCG. He said that he would set up an ultrasound for the next day, but that being so early without having an experienced like ultrasound tech, they weren't going to see anything anyway, most likely. So um, he came back in and the doctor came in and was like, okay, well, your HCG has definitely gone up. And I was like, so what's the number? And he's like, well, I don't have a number yet. You can either wait here or we can call you with the number. And when I had my betas done, 
like two weeks prior, they had just taken forever to get the results back to me. So I was like, we're sitting in this room, in the emergency room, until I know my numbers. Because I just felt like, you know, if they were like 2,000, I would feel a lot better. Or if they were lower, I would kind of know. Mm-hmm. Um, so my hu- poor husband was like, I'm really hungry. And I was like, I don't care. We're not leaving <laughs> until we get those numbers. And he came back in and it was like in the 400s. And I was like, okay, like, yes, if I do the math and they doubled like every 48 hours, that would put us kind of right where we're at. But like looking at Google, like it should be higher than this. Yeah. Um, like it, it is just too low. So, I mean, but you still have hope. I don't know. So my story is like the, my first loss is like the exact same so far. Really? Literally like the exact same. My husband was gone and I went to, I went to the emergency room and my numbers were, and I was about the same length, you know, as far along as you were. And Uh my numbers were like 300 something at the emergency room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, my husband actually had to leave for I think it was like three days for a work trip on Monday and I was in the emergency room on Sunday and I don't know why I just like think I can be tough enough to not need help. And I was like, yeah, just go on your trip. Like, it'll be fine. (laughs) And he's like, are you sure? Like, you know, this is like, we don't know what's going to happen here. And I was like, yep, it's fine. Just go on your trip. So the next day I go to work and I go to my ultrasound in the afternoon. I work like literally in the same parking lot as our hospital. So I just walked over there, went to my ultrasound and um, the, they like had me come out and I felt like I knew that they didn't see anything good. Cause the ultrasound tech, I was like trying to make jokes with him cause the room was like super hot cause their air conditioning wasn't working. And I was trying to joke with him and he just had like a really serious face and left the room when he was done. And I was like, oh, that doesn't seem great. Yeah. And then they put me in a waiting room that was filled with other people. And this ER doc comes in and he's like, hi, are you Hope? Um, okay. Actually, do you want to go somewhere private to talk? And I was like, well, that seems better than in front of all these people. <laughs> so he pulls me into the ER to one of the rooms and he's like, so you're having a miscarriage. And I was like, you know, I, you know, like we said, had gone to Google and I knew that it could be too soon still to see a heartbeat at that point. And my numbers had gone up. And so I was just like, I don't mean to like question your expertise, but can you just tell me how, you know, I'm miscarrying. And he was like, he just kind of smirked at me and was like, well, there was no cardiac activity and the location of it. We just can tell you're going to miscarry. And I was like, okay. And I stood up and he goes, so have a good day and walked out. And I was like, really? Oh my gosh. Yes, I'll have a great day. Like you just told me I'm miscarrying. Horrible bedside manners. Oh my God, so bad. And um, so like not to get into too much of a story, but when my parents were trying to get pregnant with me, they had gone in early in their pregnancy and the ultrasound tech had told my mom or the doctor had told my mom, Um, We don't see anything on your ultrasound, so um, you've either already miscarried or you're going to. And then two weeks later, she came back in, and there I was. And so I called both my parents crying because this, you know, they told me I'm miscarrying. And my dad is, like, pissed because this had happened to them, too. And they're both like, look, like, this exact same thing happened, and here you are. So, like, we don't know. Like, we we don't know if it's true. 
And I was just like sobbing and called my, the doctor who I had seen to get my HCG drawn. And her secretary was like, just come in in like an hour and she can visit with you. Cause I was like, they said they can't see a heartbeat, but I feel like it might be too early anyway. And my HCG has gone up in that day. My breast started getting so sore and it was like the first time that I'd had real symptoms other than being like exhausted and which is just like kind of a cruel trick because now we know I did miscarry, you know, but I started mm-hmm. having like way more symptoms. So I went in to talk to her and she's like, you know, I'm happy that your HCG went up as much as it did. I know it's still low, but it is going up. And the fact that you're still having symptoms is great because a lot of women completely stop having symptoms when they miscarry. So she gave me like a little hope to get through the night. And then I had to get my HCG drawn the next day. And I went back to work. And again, I think just thinking that I could like, kind of like, I don't know, just like toughen my way. Um, Because my husband was gone. And I went into work the next day. And we had a lot going on at work. Um, We were in like a really stressful time. And I went into my (laughs) administrative assistant's office. And um, I think I had been crying. And she could tell. And she's like, what's up? And I was like, oh, I'm probably miscarrying. And she's like, why are you at work? (laughs) And I was like, I think I just, I don't know. I had like some block around it. Um, and I was like, well, if I'm at work, then I'm not thinking about it. Um, so I went in to get my HCG drawn that day and the doctor called me. I was still at work. All of the supervisors, we were having a meeting at like five that night and eating pizza. And I get the call and I just like start sobbing in front of all of my coworkers um, that my HCG had dropped. So um, we knew we were miscarrying. And, um, I called my husband and he was like busy with his work stuff. So he didn't get it right away. Um, and I called like my mom and my grandma and stuff and let them all know. And that night just sucked. Like I just remember coming home and calling my mom and she was so good. And she just sat on the phone quiet. And I just like laid on my floor and just sobbed. Like just, you know, you just can't believe that you're losing your first baby. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just, I don't know. It's just how did, such a how did you thing. feel when you got that call? Like what were, what went through your head? I think even though I knew that it was so likely, I think I was just still holding on to so much hope yeah. that it was still possible. So I honestly, I can like picture where I was. I was sitting in my boss's office, just crying and, um, I don't know, I guess just like feeling devastated that it was actually truly happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. there was, I mean, there is so much hope when you're going through that process until you finally get that like real legitimate answer. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's, there's always like days. And I think a lot of people don't realize that, that like a lot of the time there's days where you're like, not sure what's happening and you yeah. don't get answers. And exactly. so you kind of like hold on to this hope, even though you know what's happening. And then so it's like multiple days of like, grieving and then like I don't even know how to explain it yeah in the whole time too I would like I would like spot a tiny bit in the morning and then it'd go away all day and you'd be like oh okay this is yeah like it's I was like well I'm not like bleeding bleeding I'm just having this tiny bit of spotting so like you know you just stay have some hope until they have that final call I guess Mm -hmm. and then when you do get that final call it's devastating but at the same time at least you have an answer almost it's like yeah okay now I don't have to keep going through these like ups and downs I can just take the downward spiral like (laughs) yeah 
it sounds so, so weird. But... I know, but it is true. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, now we just like get through this and start trying again. Yeah. Yeah. So what um, happened after that? So, oh my goodness. So after that, and I kind of doctor hopped after that because if I had stayed with that OB, I knew I'd have to deliver in that hospital. And I was so just like disheartened that doctor's bedside manner had been. And I, like I said, I had just heard bad stories about it. So I just decided I'm not going to go there. Um, I'm just not going to deliver there. So I need to find another doctor. So I found a group of midwives in the next town over and I went in for kind of like a follow-up from the miscarriage and like trying to figure out when can we try again. And I went in and this was probably a week after the miscarriage and they were like, they were like, okay, well, like just take a test in a week, another home pregnancy test and it should be negative. Um, and then you can start trying after that. Like once your bleeding has stopped and your test is negative, you can start trying again. So a week later I take another test and it's like blaring positive. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Just crazy positive. And I'm like, okay. So I call them back and they're like, oh, no problem. Sometimes it just takes a while. Take another one in like three days and it should be negative. Take another one three days later, it's blaring positive. Like, they're just not changing. They're, like, the control and the test line are just as dark as each other. Like, so positive. And just in my gut, I was like, something is not right. Like, I wasn't that far along. My HCG wasn't that high. It should not be this positive anymore. Did that bring back a ton of hope for you? Yeah, because I was like, okay, I just lost a twin. Like, I probably have a twin there. Like, Mm -hmm. so then I'm testing every day thinking it'll get darker if there is another baby. Um, So, yeah, I guess, like, you're still grieving your loss. But at the same time, you're like, okay, but, like, obviously something's up because it's not going all the way down. Um, So maybe there's another baby. And, in fact, my in-laws came. My birthday is on November 12th. And so my in-laws came down for my birthday in the midst of all of this. And, um, my mother-in-law and I had to talk about the whole miscarriage and she, when she had, um, my sister-in-law, she had lost a twin and she thought they thought that she was miscarrying and she only lost a twin. So I don't think she knew she was giving me hope, but in my head I was like, ha like, yeah, there is a twin. And I took a pregnancy test that night and it's still just as positive. So I just had no idea what was going on. And no one would get me another HCG test. They were just like, keep taking home tests until it goes negative. So um, about probably another week after that, you know, I had I was like, okay, well, like, I kind of have to move on with my life because we're not getting answers. Um, I was starting to feel better. The bleeding had all stopped. I didn't bleed for very long with the miscarriage. And then it stopped. Um, and I woke up one morning and was just like, okay, like time to go to work, feeling fine. I get in the shower and, um, I'm in the shower and I get this like horrible cramp, but it didn't really feel like a period cramp. It just was like this cramp across the middle of my abdomen and it had me like double over. And I was like, okay, like just breathe and stand up. Nope. Can't stand up. Okay. Like just stay bent over for a minute okay, we have like a shelf on the side of our shower. And I was like, just sit down on the shelf. Nope. Can't sit down on the shelf. Can't stand upright. Like get lightheaded. So I'm like kneeling in the bathtub and like my head's full of conditioner. And I just like scream for my husband to come in. Cause at that point I'm like, 
I've been trying for like a little while. Like, I don't know how long it was, but probably a couple minutes to stand back up. And I just was doubled over in pain. Um, just like the most excruciating pain. So I yell for my husband and he has to come get me out of the tub because I can't straighten my body out. Um, he gets me out of the tub and gets me downstairs, like gets me dressed and gets me downstairs and is going to take me to the hospital. And <laughs> we have horses and my poor husband goes outside to start his truck and our horses had gotten out the night before. So they're just like roaming our property. And he's like, well, I have to put the horses in their pen. Like we can't just leave them to run around the, you know, the neighborhood. So I'm doubled over in pain on the couch and I call my mom and I'm like, mom, like, I think I'm going to have to call an ambulance. Like he's trying to get the horses back in their pen, which he needs to do. But I don't know if I'm going to like live through this. This pain is so severe. And luckily he got them in quickly and grabs me, gets me in his truck and takes me to the hospital. And he's like, I'm taking you to the next town over to that hospital because we were so you know, just not happy with the care we got at this one. And I was like, as much as I would love to go to a different hospital, I don't think I will live to get there. Like I was in such horrific pain. Um, I'm like, you have to just take me to this hospital because we're not going to make it an hour. So we get to the hospital and um, this just, it breaks my heart and oh, it's just the worst. We get to the hospital and the doctor comes in. I'm in like the worst pain of my life. And he's trying to get a little backstory. So he's like, so you had a miscarriage? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, so they did an ultrasound and there was some junk in your uterus. <laughs> and my husband and I were both just like stunned. And he, you could tell the doctor caught himself. And he's like, I mean a baby. And oh my gosh, like, no. Yeah, my first baby is the junk that was in my uterus. Like, thank you very much. Like, it just broke my heart. It was so just so I couldn't believe it like I just don't understand like I'm in the health field and I just don't understand going into the health field and like not having the kind of like knowledge of how much that would affect someone to say something like that yeah um it was just crazy so they do um a pelvic exam and a pelvic ultrasound which neither are ever like the most comfortable thing but I was like screaming like coming off the table the nurse was like honey just hold my hand like I was like dying of pain while they were doing the ultrasound and the pelvic exam and um they ran my hcg again and it came back like 380 so at this point we're like weeks out from my miscarriage and it's come down like I don't know it was like 50 points or something like hardly at all mm -hmm. and He's like, I have no idea what's going on with you. Um, the ultrasound shows that your abdomen is full of fluid, but we don't know if it's like a cyst ruptured or you're bleeding. We don't know what kind of fluid, but your abdomen's full of fluid. That's where the pain is coming from. Um, and your HCG isn't dropping. But he's like, have you, you know, been sexually active since your miscarriage? And we wanted to try right away again. So I was like, yeah, we have. Um, and he's like, so this could be another pregnancy. And you're hormone is just on its way up and um which is just the worst because then that gave me hope again you know yeah like okay so maybe like obviously something's wrong because I'm in this much pain but maybe we're pregnant again this is like the perfect example of how much of a roller coaster this journey yes. can be yeah the most ridiculous roller coaster mm -hmm. yeah so he goes he's like so we don't know what's going on um 
but we're going to send you home and you should get your HCG tested in two days again to see if it's going up or down. And then you should have a follow-up in a few days. And I'm like, I'm in the most pain I've ever experienced. And there's fluid in my abdomen that you can't explain. And you're going to send me home. Yeah. And he was like, yep. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Like, I know this isn't good. And like, you're not getting a second opinion. You're not doing anything. You're just sending me home. And everyone, you know, my family and my husband are like, we should go get a second opinion. And I'm just really stubborn. And I was like, no, like, I'll just wait it out. (laughs) I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to be stubborn. And so we go home and all week I was like, calling my boss like I'll try and be in in the morning and I'd wake up in such horrible pain there was just no way and so I was just stuck on the couch for three days like just in the worst pain like it was just exhausting and um we got my HCG drawn two days later and then went in for my follow-up the third day and my husband had taken the day off work well he took the whole week off to be with me because he was like terrified of what was going to happen to me And um, we go in and we see, so this is another doctor now. She's an OB that works through the hospital. And we go in to see her and she was honestly brilliant. Um, And we go in and she's like, Kate, your HCG has dropped one point in 48 hours. So we know something's not right. Um, And she's like, she's like, I'm going to do, I'm going to test your blood to see if you're losing blood. And I'm going to do a quick ultrasound. And she tests my blood and sure enough, it came back really low. So they knew I was internally bleeding and, um, she did a quick pelvic ultrasound. And when she stops, she's like, okay, you need to get dressed. I'm going to go call the hospital or she goes, I'm going to go call and see if there's a doctor here that we can do surgery here right now. Um, she said she could have done the surgery, but they would have had to like completely cut me open like a C-section instead of going in like laparoscopically. And she didn't want to do that if she didn't have to. Um, So she was going to see if there was a surgeon who could help her with the surgery here. And she's like, get dressed right now and I'm going to see. And there wasn't a doctor at the hospital that could do that surgery. So she's like, okay. What surgery were they going to do? Or what did they do? No, that's okay. So um, she was like, this has to be an ectopic and it's ruptured and you're bleeding out into your abdomen. Okay. Um, So she's... um, she comes back in and she's like, there's not a doctor who can do it here. I have to send you to the next town over, which like I said, is an hour away. She's like, um, I would much prefer you take an ambulance, but you can, like your husband can drive you. Um, she's like, I'm going to call the hospital and let them know what's going on. They're going to be prepared for you. And I was like, we'll just drive. <laughs> like we'll take ourselves. Um, and she's like, okay, but this is like, you don't stop like, to get gas like you just get straight there like you're not making a stop you're leaving here and you're going straight to the emergency room there she's like I am so worried are you sure you don't want to take an ambulance and I was like well like either way we're going to get there at the same time looking back on it it probably would have been smart because we would have had medical help in an ambulance had we needed yeah (laughs) but um so we drive over and we get to the hospital there and obviously like the front desk lady doesn't know that I'm coming um so we get in and they're like, okay, like sit down and we'll go over your paperwork. And my husband was so like, you know, just freaking out at that point. Um, just worried about me. And 
on the way over there, we had called family and let them know what was happening. And my dad lives like four hours away and this next town is in the middle of the two of us. So he was going to drive over and meet us. Um, but we let everyone know what was going on and, um, we get in and they're like, let's do paperwork. And my husband's like, this is an emergency. Like we don't have time to do paperwork. Like they're expecting her. And sure enough, a nurse comes out right then and is like, are you hope like you need to come with me right now? Your husband can fill out your paperwork. So we go back and obviously like one hospital can't just go based on what another doctor at a different hospital says they have to do their own testing. So they get me in for an ultrasound and my husband's like, we need to do surgery right now. Like that's what the doctor said. Like, what are we waiting on? So frustrated. And the whole time we're in the emergency room, we keep having nurses and doctors come in who are like, I don't think we're understanding. You were seen at the hospital three days ago and they sent you home in this condition. And I was like, yep, that's what happened. And they would leave. And another nurse would walk in and be like, so tell me the story again. You were seen like this and they sent you home. Like no one could believe that they just waited three days on this. And um, they take me back for an ultrasound again. And um, I think they had done an abdominal first. And I asked the lady, I was like, I know you're not supposed to like tell me what you're seeing, but can you just explain, like, obviously it looks weird um, what this all looks like, what it is. And she's like, do you see those different colored areas? That's all coagulated blood because it's been in your body for so long. Oh, my gosh. Um, Yeah. And. I think the point when I really started to get scared is she did the abdominal and then she's like, I need to do a pelvic exam. Do you think you can get yourself ready for that? Well, I go tell them that they need to get an operating room ready right now. She's like, we don't have time to wait. As soon as you're done with your ultrasound, you need an uh, operating room. And I was like, oh shit, like <laughs> this is really real. Um, So she does the ultrasound and I go out in the, surgeon is waiting for me in the emergency room like in the room where my husband was and she's like look we don't have a lot of time to explain things and she was awesome she's my OB like from now on um but she's like we don't have a lot of time to explain things but I just need you to know what's going on and the risks and sure enough it looks like you have an ectopic pregnancy um and I don't know if your tube has ruptured or what, but there is obviously so much blood loss that I'm going to guess that we will have to remove your right tube. Um, and you'll likely need a blood transfusion because you've lost so much blood at this point. Um, and then she's like, you need to understand that the risks of that are that you could get HIV from a blood transfusion, which even though I'm in the healthcare field, like I thought that like they had worked that out so that wasn't a risk anymore of blood transfusion yeah but I'm like oh good just another thing to be concerned yeah. about <laughs> great HIV no biggie <laughs> yeah okay like we're already going through a lot whatever um so they did the surgery right there and um I wake up and we have a couple friends that live in that area so they were there and my husband and my dad and his girlfriend were all there um and they kept me there through the night because this had happened in the evening. So they kept me there through the night to monitor me. And the next morning, the um, OB came in and she had pictures to show me. And she's like, yeah, we, you know, we had to remove your right tube. Um, it hadn't ruptured, but the baby had caused so much damage um, that it just like, I don't, I think the baby was big enough that they couldn't get it out without the tube coming with. Mm. Um, and 
I don't know when, and these are all questions I probably should have asked, but I miscarried the first at like five and a half weeks. And so I don't know if the ectopic pregnancy was like growing that whole time yeah, or if that baby had stopped growing at the same time. Cause it would have been like nine weeks, I think at the point that you when got I had removed. the surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, but she said she was like, when we went in, there was so much blood that we couldn't see anything until we like cleaned out your abdomen. Um, because you, you just had so much bleeding and so much blood loss. Um, so this is called a heterotopic pregnancy, correct? Yeah. So it's heterotopic. And, um, so you have one baby in your uterus and then one in in a fallopian tube, one ectopic. So wherever that other baby is, I guess. Um, and they say it happens in one in 30,000 women. And sometimes the uterine pregnancy can be viable. Um, I like have done a lot of research on it now and it seems like there's quite a few women who have to have an ectopic pregnancy removed and somehow the baby that's in the uterus stays safe through that surgery. So interesting. Um, Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, the doctor who I'm trying to think, I think it was the doctor who sent me for the surgery from our town. She called me the like, like the next day or a couple days later to check in on me. She's like, I was so worried about you. And she's like, you have to know like how rare this is. Like, it's just crazy that like, we all just thought that you had miscarried and then, you know, life goes on, I guess. But no, they're like, they just didn't think to think that there would be another pregnancy at the same time. So after that, like what's the recovery process and like, when can you start trying or when could you start trying again? After just like with miscarriages, like every every doctor kind of says something different. Um, mine, it took, I mean, I still had soreness for a while because I have um, multiple incisions. Like they went in my belly button and then two areas on the left side of my abdomen. So um, just healing from that and being just really in a lot of pain took a while um, to recover from, but I stopped bleeding. I don't, I didn't really bleed after the surgery, like just for two days or so. And then, um, two weeks after that, right when it should have, my period started again. And that was right when I was going in for a follow-up from the surgery. So I talked to my OB and I was like, it seems kind of crazy that my HCG would have dropped all the way and I would start my period again. And she's like, yeah, that does seem fast, but that is likely what this is. So you can try again, you know, right away. Okay. So she let us start trying right away. Was the grieving process different for the ectopic pregnancy versus the uterine pregnancy, just considering the circumstances? I think in a couple different ways. Yes. Um, I have always pictured that I would have twins. And so for me, it was kind of like, almost like a like a cool moment which sounds so weird but to be like I was a mom of twins like Mm -hmm. I didn't know it but for a little while I was um and that's really special to me to know that um but then losing my right tube was just its own grief because Mm -hmm. now I'm like they say that it doesn't affect your fertility but I just can't believe that (laughs) and so I just have a lot more anxiety now that it's going to take us longer to get pregnant, um, or if anything's wrong with my left tube and I do have a higher chance of ectopic again. So 
just the fear that I will lose that one too. too. Yeah. Yeah. But at least Mm -hmm. now, you know, the signs and the symptoms and like, hopefully get in, you know what I mean? Like, get in earlier, if it were to ever happen again, to the point where you wouldn't have to lose that tube. Because I think for sure, like the first ectopic pregnancy that somebody has, like, I mean, you don't know what's going on. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it can go a little bit longer. And I feel like Mm-hmm. then obviously that's when there's complications. Yeah, exactly. And now I'm considered high risk, um, which it's so funny. Like, I know I've heard you say, like, as soon as you have, like, a game plan or, like, you know, like, you find something wrong with testing, it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, yeah. now we know. Oh, we there's have, something like, wrong with me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> now, you know, now we'll get more closely monitored or now we can have a game plan or whatever. So now going forward next time I get pregnant as soon as I get a positive test they want to start doing the beta HCG HCG draws Um, and then as soon as my HCG reaches a place where they will be able to see anything they'll do an ultrasound so I'll have earlier ultrasounds this time um, so they can check the placement obviously that still kind of worries me because last time there was a baby that they saw in the uterus and there was an ectopic yeah um, it's nerve-wracking still but yeah, at least we'll be clo- more closely monitored this next time. For sure. Yeah. Now, before we kind of close out the episode, this is a really rare thing. So one in 30,000 women, however you and I were discussing that, we believe that there's probably more mm-hmm. than that. If, you know, someone out there is listening that's in the same position as you, do you have any advice for them or like kind of just like how to get through it or just any number one tip that you would have? Yeah, mine would just be to advocate for yourself. And like you and I were saying before, I've seen quite a few women since this has happened to me who are like, I just miscarried, but my tests are still super dark and it's been weeks. Um, And anytime I see that, I like tell them, please go (laughs) see your doctor for a follow up because this is what happened to me not to scare you. But I think just being an advocate for yourself and asking for your doctor to follow your HCG down to zero. And like, I'm not like a fertility specialist by any means. I'm not a doctor or nothing. So I don't know. Maybe that's just totally ridiculous. But in my mind, following it down to zero, then at least you know you're not stuck in the 300s and something mm-hmm. is going wrong. I feel yeah. like had they followed me, they would have seen that it had stopped at some point. It had stopped declining. So that would be my biggest advice, just to ask them to continue to do repeat HCGs until you are at a low enough level. I totally agree. Totally agree. And I think just like, you know, sharing stories too, like you getting out there and sharing your story and making people more aware of this too mm-hmm. is extremely helpful. So if others feel comfortable enough to do the same, I think that that's huge just to kind of, you know, it helps out other women. So, yeah, I think just but. knowing other women have gone through something similar, like just listening to your podcast and like um, I found Jess through your podcast and now we're like really good friends on Instagram and talk all the time. She's so awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> She's amazing. Yeah. So just finding other women you can talk to about this that have gone through it because it's so different if someone hasn't gone through it they just don't really understand yeah yeah for sure Mm -hmm. find your people (laughs) yep (laughs) Um, now if someone does want to reach out to you because maybe you are their people (laughs) how how can they find you um probably instagram is the best and it's just hope davis 
Okay, perfect. And I'll go Mm -hmm. ahead and I'll link that in the description of the podcast too. I have one random question before we end this. Your parents, did they name you Hope because of their story? So I had a great aunt named Hope. Um, So that was part of it. And then when they were trying to conceive me, my dad actually needed a surgery for them to be able to conceive me. And then... Um, like I said before, they thought that they had miscarried early when they couldn't see me in ultrasound. And then my mom had Braxton Hicks contractions and was stuck on bed rest for like four months of her pregnancy. And then they gave my mom Pitocin during delivery and my heart, like my heart rate plummeted and they thought that they were going to lose me in delivery. So <laughs> all that all in all, say, <laughs> yes, when I was born, they were like, yep, hope's the right name. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love that. I've been yeah. thinking about that since the beginning of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yep, there uh, were a couple factors in that one. <laughs> so cool. Well, thank you so much, Hope, for jumping on the podcast and sharing your story. It's going to bring a lot of hope to other people. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so corny, but <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you for doing what you do. It's really special. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate that. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.